You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Australia, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful tech leaders. I'm Jason. I help connect businesses with tech talent. And today, I'm your host. So welcome to the Evolution Exchange Australia. We are bringing together by the best tech leaders from across the country to discuss industry, passions, challenges, and new ideas. I'm Jason. I connect businesses with talented uh, data leaders. Today, I'm joined by Michael Scales from ISOP, Cameron McPherson from Australian Health Services Alliance, and Emmanuel Bothos from Glider to discuss enabling hybrid work. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Uh, Michael, do you want to kick us off, please? Thanks, Jason. Yeah, Michael Scales, Head of uh, Technology Strategy and Architecture at ESOP. Been there about four years. Prior to that, uh, long career across many, many different industries in Melbourne. Um, everything everything from banking to seek to transurban to education department, big roads, lots of different places. No worries. Thank you very much. Cameron, would you like to, to say a bit about yourself? Yeah, sure thing. Thanks, Jason. So, yeah, Cameron McPherson, uh, Head of Data Science at AHSA, um, Australian Health Service Alliance. Yeah, I've had around um, 15 years across analytics, data science, and um, health economics, similar roles, um, pretty much largely in the health insurance industry, but also in the banking and finance sector as well. And, um, yeah, just sort of assisting with all things uh, data engineering and data science. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Emmanuel, would you like to, to say a little bit about yourself? Hi, Jason. I'm Emanuele. I'm currently CTO at GliderPay. Uh, we are a fully remote fintech company and we help businesses to collect payments in a smarter and faster way. Uh, I've been in the IT field for the last 20 years, starting life from, as a junior developer up to CTO. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, well, now that we have established a context to each of you, let's move on to the topic in focus. We all have a question or statement on enabling or hybrid work. As usual, I work my way around the room, asking each of you to pose your question and the reasons behind it. Um, each of you will have the opportunity to give your take on the situation. Let's start with Michael and your question. What are some good, effective and bad, ineffective working practices that you observe? How do they compound or even reverse when working online. So would you mind to give us a little bit of, of an insight behind that question? Thanks, Jason. Um, I find when we're working online, I mean, there's, there's an old saying that a, a good online meeting starts with a good meeting. Um, so there's some good underlying practices just for sort of communication It works in any circumstance. Um, I find there's a lot of practices that we drop into online which become very, very ineffective. Um, and often they're counterintuitive to to what you do if you're in a workplace environment. Um, as an example, um, you know, if you're in a work, workplace environment, you wouldn't just walk up to someone and go, Cameron, I need this, bang, 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 bang. You'd, you'd stop and you'd have a chat. Hey, Cameron, how are you? And have a bit of a chat and how are you? And then you'd get to your point. Um, when you take that online, for example, um, it becomes very wasteful of time. You know, you've all seen the message which sort of says, hi, hi, Cameron. How you doing? And chats go back and forth, and it takes sort of two minutes for people typing to get to get to the point. So there's some counterintuitive things there where yeah, when you're online, you get to the point really, really quickly. Now that's an example of uh, some of the practices that I don't think people are aware of that uh, chew up a lot of our time online, and actually means we don't actually use the right tools for the right at, at the right time. Fantastic. Okay, so Cameron, would you like to bounce from what Michael just said and give your your insight? 
Yeah, so I guess in the way I thought about it, I was reflecting on um, how how meetings might be used in an online sense versus uh, in person. So, and I can reflect back on my time at Medibank, and I was thinking about this a little. I remember uh, there used to be uh, meetings were a dime a dozen, and it was just uh, you know we've got to make a small decision. So hey, let's have a meeting, and um, indeed let's invite all on sundry. So. I feel sometimes the in-person meetings can be used as a, as a way just to fill time uh, and spaces for people to justify their, their day job. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that that's quite as apparent with um, online meetings. So I tend to find that when a meeting is set up that is exclusively online, um, it's done with a very specific purpose and the participants tend to keep the time. Also, silence is like is a very powerful tool. So... Um, in person, that silence is quickly filled. But if there's silence in an online meeting, then it, uh, I think it's quite powerful and that can really be a good signal for the end of a meeting. So I, I just I tend to find that it, meetings online either finish up sooner uh, or on time. And they're very ill often that people will just sit back chewing the fat in an online context. So um, that's I guess that's something, one good thing that I've seen come of it. Um, it might potentially exacerbate some uh, negative traits but I, I, nothing really jumped out at me yeah fair enough okay cool thank you so much for that uh, good insight uh, emmanuel what do you think of of the question uh, asked by michael like uh, online meeting or even like online chat um are getting like more direct there is less like small talk uh, maybe i'm talking about like my experience but it's more like around engineering team uh where we don't really like small talks, uh, so we go straight to the point. Uh, and online, all the online tools are helping us like to do that. So, and um, there is a tendency of like trying to get uh, to be in less meeting as possible and try to solve things like just using synchronous asynchronous channels, like uh, I can say like Slack or like. Uh, the chat of Microsoft Teams or whatever um, people are using. Okay, thank you so much for that. Um, all right, so that was that was one of the questions that Michael you had. You also had another question, uh, uh, Michael. Well, you had three other questions. Is there another one you like more than the other than you would like to ask the panel? Uh, look, I think in the initial one. That was in the initial one to start with. There was I was very much looking at sort of work, work, work practices and what's what what works well, what doesn't work well um, with hybrid, and getting a sense of that before moving on to other questions and what do we do about it or what 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 ways you know what what can we do about it. Um, I think I, I agree with Cameron. The um, there's definitely looks there's, there's some great things about working online. You know, no, no, no one misses the commute when you don't have to. Um, the things where you've got focus work to do, being able to do that in my own environment with my setup as I want it, that that's fantastic. Um, but definitely working hybrid, there's a lot of things to, that are uh, end up being oh, they're a very poor cousin to working face to face in an office environment. Um, uh, there's some practices that practices there that I think we, we, when you're working together in an in, around a meeting table or together in an office, the things that you do naturally, you know, we can talk, we can draw together, especially in an engineering or a technical environment. You can talk and draw together. Um, it's very easy for a conversation just to 
get going, sketch something, move on to a whiteboard. Very, very hard to do that in a very timely manner online. Um, so I think there's a lot of challenges there with trying to replicate a lot of the nuance that you get in, you know, a face-to-face -face working environment online. Um, it's very hard to replicate that and hence it takes a lot longer. Everything takes a lot longer and, and is not as effective, I find. Yeah, fair enough. Do you guys want to uh, have anything to say about this statement or are you happy to proceed with the next question? Okay, let's proceed with the next question then. Uh, so, uh, all right, all right. So let's move on to Emmanuel's question uh, on in a hybrid work model where time, space and resources can vary across different roles. How can companies successfully navigate and address the diverse requirements of their employees to ensure effective management and support? Emmanuel, do you want to tell us a little bit more about this question, uh, uh, the, the background of it, please? Yeah, sure. So uh, we can start by understanding what are the critical drivers of productivity based on roles. And I can make some examples. Uh, so for example, <clears throat> um, a business analyst, uh, their critical driver will be uh, focus uh, to be more productive. So they often like uh, need to work uh, in a asynchronous way. So they are not gonna get interrupted and just have like at least like two or three hours where they can actually like focus on their work. And place is not really critical, but time is, it is in this case. Another example of a role could be like a team manager um, and their critical driver of productivity is a coordination or engagement. They, um, they need to work in a synchronous time um, because they need to be able like, to communicate with their team members. And once again, uh, where do they work? Uh, could be like home uh, or in the office is not a problem, but like time, uh, it is um, important and it needs to be synchronous for them. Then we have like, um, I call the product innovators that can be like solution architect, product managers, uh, you, you actually UI designer or any other innovator role. And as what Michael was saying before, um, they love to work uh, together. Uh, um, if they are like face to face and in the same room, uh, it just get better um, to um, stimulate like innovation. Um, so, um, for this example, both like time and place are important uh, because it needs to be synchronous and in the same place. Uh, and then um, I didn't find like another category, but it could be like anyone else uh, and can work like based on preference. Um, so uh, could be a bit like, uh, I'm a father or two, I work far away from the office, uh, I have a space in my uh, home that like, it can be like my, my study where like I can close the door and I can focus on that. And the commute to go to work is like up to one hour and a half. So of course I prefer to work from home. Uh, I don't want to go to the office unless like it's very important. And then could be like my colleague that lives in the city. It's like five minutes from the office. Uh, she is sharing like the apartment with like uh, other free uh, of her friends and for uh, it's impossible like to work from home because she's gonna keep get distracted 
Um, <clears throat> so based on this, like what, what can a company do? Because like everyone has different needs. Um, so I could be boring and obvious and say like, okay, communication is the key and trust is the key. But that's the answer for any kind of like possible question in a, uh, in a company is like, oh, we need to get better communicate. Uh, so I don't want to go there. <laughs> uh, so uh, other things like more specific is like, is well, a company can rebuild um, their uh, thing, uh, their office how the office is organized. Like back in the 80s, we had like cubicles. Uh, then we moved to a big open uh, open space. Uh, now we need a kind of like mix of both. So we need place where like people can uh, cooperate, uh, collaborate, and needs to be like very good meeting rooms with state-of-the-art like video conference uh, tools. Uh, you can all go with your laptop webcam and think you can have like a great meeting. Uh, you need to have like a better setup. Um, and, <clears throat> and you can have like, yeah, this place where like people can go there and communicate, work together. Uh, but you also, at the same time, you need to have like some cubicles where like a person can go there and, and focus. And that's a good way like to engage again, like uh, since I'm coming from the engineer world, uh, is to engage engineers where like they don't want to come to the office, but sometimes you have to work with them. So you need to make your office space like better um, and make them feel safe. It's like you can come to the office and there is a space for you where like you can go there and focus and do your work, but when required, you can jump like in the in the room with the, uh, the other people that likes to talk a lot uh, and um, and work with them. So I think like having a better office environment will help a lot, like on a hybrid uh, environment. <clears throat> fantastic, fantastic, Cameron. What do you think of this statement? Yeah, no, I think uh, many all hit it nail on the head right there and um as even what uh, michael was foreshadowing around earlier too is that um i, I think it, it really forced us to think a bit more dynamically or be a bit more flexible in terms of how we set up these environments and work environments so uh coming coming out with um hard edicts or directives around how we should operate doesn't necessarily stack up with how humans like to operate and um as i was thinking upon this uh it, it's more the decision makers need to factor in the negative externalities of their decision. So, and these are some of the things that Emmanuel was talking about. So those um, externalities that the workers bear, such as uh, what are the costs of coming in um, every day? What's the impact on cortisol levels, uh, um, the other travel time? How about the impact on the environment, which is significant? And I've reflected upon that. Uh, I can only... <laughs> Uh, I, I cringe at the thought of the irreplaceable fossil fuels that have just been consumed just by shuttling humans from one. Because <clears throat> I think it's, of course, it, it's critical that we have this uh, interpersonal communi communication and to sort of co-signal that we're all pulling together. So that's very important, yet um, have the flexibility to operate in ways where we're at peak efficiency and 
peak satisfaction as well if we can get there uh and i think emmanuel pretty much uh covered that pretty well so and we coming out of that also from his question is that uh when we target these policies or we have that flexibility it's going to be different for different roles so some roles as a given might require people to actually be in each other's presence some not necessarily some more technical roles, which I can certainly relate to, really require people to get into their flow. And I can talk to that a bit more later, but flow isn't going to happen when I'm surrounded by 20 other people making eye contact in an open office. So, you know, these things need to be factored in. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, Michael, do you have do you have anything to, to say uh, in regard of these two statements? Oh, definitely, yes. And I like... Um... I like the way Emmanuel groups up the different sorts of works. And, and I, I think for me, there's there's three sort of types or zones of work, which whether you're doing them face-to-face or whether you're doing them hybrid, which you have to, to make work. And there is that, that first part that, that you, it's, focused, it's focused work. And I really like the way Emmanuel describes it. It's inherently sort of asynchronous. How do you make, how do you make that work asynchronously? Um, how do you make people aware of the right tool, the right tools to be using for that sort of work, the right channels to be using? Um, it's about creating good spaces for collaborative work, for people to be storing their work so everyone can see it, can be notified of changes and so on. And that's using tools like Slack and so on. Um, so there's very much there's that area. And, you, and to Cameron's point, you need to be able to focus and just sort of get into the right headspace for hours at a time without being, you know, knocked out of that by little blue bubbles popping up everywhere or or people come and tapping on the shoulder. I think the other, the, the second area then is very much, um, as Manuel describes, is where you're doing that creative work where you need to work closely together one-on-one. Now, in an office, face-to-face is ideal, um, where you can get all that nuance, you can work on things together, you can co-create. Um, what we found through, obviously, COVID, where you, it had to happen remotely, or as we find a lot in our company, where we've got a lot of people in 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 different time zones. There's people in UK time zones where the very nature of it is you get a you know an hour or so at the end of the day that you need to work together. So it has to be online because they're in remote areas. Um, and so it's how do you make that work really really well? And a lot of that to me is how do you quickly? It's about getting through. How do you quickly get everyone on the same page, get everyone with a shared vocabulary? Um, and when it comes to then getting through design cycles, how, how can you do that that quickly? And as an example, if we're together around a whiteboard, I can literally go, you know, box A, B, C, and sketch a couple of lines, and literally in 10 seconds, I can have everyone on the same page to do that. And everyone's there. It doesn't interrupt the flow of the conversation, and everyone stays in, in, in the moment. You can very quickly work out whether... Everyone knows what you know what the context I'm setting is. When you move that to an online environment with the tools and network available, even the best online whiteboards and so on, that same thing takes two minutes. So immediately everything slows down, it kills the conversation. And that's just an example of where trying to do things online, trying to establish that really, really close connection takes time and is just not as effective as, as when you're online together. So I think there's a piece there around having much better Again, it's understanding of the tools or how to use those online tools better to be able to more quickly get that get that connection, get everyone on the same page. So there's a big piece there around training and learning, and I think even looking for improved improved or better tools in that space. The third area I look at then, because um, both those first two areas are really around the it's it's your day job, your core role, and what you're doing within that. The thing I find I miss a lot um, 
Well, this is the really big difference I find between working online and working in the office. It's all the cross connections, whether it's the water cooler type conversations or whatever. But I know during COVID, I felt like I was working for a 10 person company. It's the same people you're seeing every day. And there are other teams that I literally didn't see for two years. <laughs> um, whenever I go into the office and I you know, suffer through the commute and get over that, um, it's all those side conversations, just the incidental conversations you have with people you don't see every other day, you're not seeing in online meetings. And it's how you engender and foster that. Because I think that's really, really important in any any company bigger than probably 10 or 12 people. Just how do you make sure all those cross connections are happening? And that's something that really, really suffers when you're just working online a lot. Um, so it's so it's how to foster that, the connectivity across teams. It would be the third area I look to, um, third, third sort of challenge area I look at. Very, very interesting. Um, if you guys are, are you guys ready to move on to the next question? The the famous the famous questions from Cameron. Uh, in your experience, has working from home and hybrid working led to changes in productivity and or well being during the last two years? Um, Cameron, would you like to tell us a little bit more about this question, please? Yeah, sure thing. Thanks, Jason. Um, yeah, so I think. The reason I propose this is uh, it comes back to uh, productivity and well-being. Uh, so, in, in thinking about that, productivity is, of course, going to be of you know key importance to the to the company, to the CEOs and the like. They want to get their bang for buck out of the the workers. Uh, the well-being, well, you know, that's of key interest to the individual uh, because that individual isn't just working in that job now; they've got other jobs to work at, and they've got they've got to live. Uh, so, I think. But those are the key things. Um, <clears throat> so in terms of productivity, coming back to one of my earlier points, certainly from, and I can only speak to my experience, uh, across analytics, data science and the like, uh, I would have to say, personally, my productivity is, has increased. Uh, you know, I can I can certainly sit at home and it's a safe and it's a, uh, it's a well set up environment. I can sit down and get into flow and really think and solve problems any time of the day. Uh, and I, I can reflect back my time in open plan settings in the past where, like I said, like it was really difficult to sit down and get that, uh, essentially have the isolation to really do the thinking. Because uh, in an analytic or a technical role, yeah, okay, the whiteboarding and the, uh, the, the commingling there is important, but I'd say that's uh, a small part of the role. The, a large part of the role is the problem solving and the thinking, and um, it's very difficult to achieve uh, yes, when people are, you know, banging on my desk or sending me emails and making eye contact. Um, or uh, the other pattern that I observed um, was basically, I used to I remember seeing in analytics areas, people would rock up to work and they'd be putting their earplugs in or their earbuds in immediately and just sort of, I guess, creating a physical barrier. And um, the reason that's tricky is that that creates this sort of robot-like behavior or it's essentially, it's a signal, right? It's a signal to everyone that you don't want to be contacted. Um, now, that's a signal that I don't have to portray, which is great. Um, and I think um, this work from home uh, hybrid arrangement is great because the other part of the thing is um, social signaling. And if we think about it neurobiologically, we need a signal to each other as individuals to say that we're on the same page, uh, that we're all pulling together. Now, from what I've observed, um, you can signal, we can uh, intersignal uh, a hell of a lot more if we're physically in person than we are than online, of course. But um, my observation would be even just going in once a fortnight is sufficient to create 
high density signaling that you're all pulling together. And I think the um, the incremental increase in that signaling is drops off. So just say I go in um, four days a week, the incremental increase in what I'm signaling is quite low relative to that very first time I go in once every week. So um, <clears throat> to, to me, I'm sort of thinking, and that's, this is more coming back to the well-being, we can have the, uh, the, um, the benefits from working the way we like at home, if that works, but also by sharing um, or signaling with other employees when we actually go into work, just that just that one time a week or once every fortnight. I think that's sufficient. Uh, yeah, I think that's where I, I've got from that. Um, I guess it also, the, uh, the other thing that popped is uh, around presenteeism. So I think with that, if we think about pre-COVID thinking being in five days a week, people would obviously be rocking up to work. Uh, they could be ill or sick, but showing up because the um, the expectation was that they do so. Uh, so they're, they're working under capacity. They're showing up simply because they have to. They're potentially infecting other staff with whatever they're carrying. Uh, and I think we can completely sidestep that as well. So it's I think it's this kind of uh, hybrid arrangement is a bit more respectful around that. For sure, absolutely. Uh, thank you so very much, Cameron, for giving some insight. Uh, Michael, what do you think of of this statement? Uh, thanks, yes. I agree with Cameron. There are some great positive benefits from, from working from home. And uh, I agree, yeah, when, you, when you've got to get into a flow state, when you've got sort of just, you know, I just need a block of four, five, six, eight hours, whatever, just to get into it. Um, I simply can't do that in the office, and it's not worth that. Uh, you know, even if the, the train journey is only an hour, by the time you're sort of, you know, shaving, iron a shirt and everything, it's you're losing a couple of hours each end of the day. So for that four, extra four hours, do I get the value of going into the office when I've got to get into that sort of a flow state? Um, I agree with Cameron. I, I don't see any point in going into the office if I'm, if I'm going to sit in a little cubicle or my headphones on in meetings all day. That's I don't I don't, I don't need to go into, a, into the office and, and you know, invest in the commute for that. Um uh, I also agree it doesn't take five days. You know, if you're in there a couple of days a week, um, I think that's good. Um, I know one of the things we're doing in the office is trying to coordinate those days. So, you know, on the days that you are in, you've got a sufficient density of people there who you need to talk to. So, you, again, it's no use going into work um, on a day when everyone you need to speak to is at home. <laughs> um, so if you're going to go into work, make sure you're going in for a purpose and to actually be able to do some productive work there. Um, so I think that that side of it's been great and having the flexibility around, you know, being able to do kid school drop-offs and, you know, organise around those is fantastic. And I, don't, I can't see us ever going back from that. If, we, if we're in industries and that where we're able to, I think that's fantastic. Having said that, the, from a productivity point of view, I do find, though, that there are some conversations which just take and it's not even a by a factor or two or three. It can take weeks to get to consensus, to get decisions made on stuff, which I find when you get in the office together, you can get sometimes done in a matter of minutes. That's sort of so when it, you know, it's not, it's not even a factor of 30%. It's a factor of, you know, a thousand percent difference in some things. That's how poor the productivity is to getting some things done when you're only working online. So I, I think there's some areas there where the, Productivity has gone down and we work through it and everyone does it the best way, but you actually look at it go, it just takes a long time to get to the point. You know, there's so many meetings where uh, I think Cameron made the point earlier on where it's great, everyone's punctual. You know, when 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 when, when COVID hit, um, we went from there being, uh, I know in the company I was at, there used to always be that seven, eight minutes at the start of it while you're waiting for people to 
to walk between meetings, etc. There was always, you know, you lose 10% of your meeting time there. And all of a sudden, people were within five seconds, everyone's there on time. So it was fantastic. You weren't waiting a lot. But I think there then was a tendency for everyone to, a bit like, you know, CC on an email, everyone got invited to the meeting. And you actually find that by the time everyone goes around, introduces themselves and talks about it, the actual effective part of the meeting was probably about five minutes in an hour sometimes. So I'm always looking to how do we how do we get to that five minutes more quickly, basically, without taking an hour to get there. So some areas I think where the productivity has gone down. The other area I really note, and this is um Cameron was talking about the signals, um, and I it's it's the nuance and it's that when you're on the same side of a, a screen or a board and you're looking at the same thing versus when you're on the other side of it. Um, and I had a great example with an engineer who I'd been um, working with online for probably five, six weeks. And it was the first time we were able to get into the office together. And we're both sitting on the same side of a, a diagram, you know, network diagrams we've been working on for a period of time. And it was the first time when I realized that we're both looking at the same screen. I could see where he was looking at. And I realized we were totally, yeah, we we're totally on the wrong page about something. You know, so it's, again, it's that nuance that you get when you can see where someone else is looking, where you're both pointing at the same thing and you know you're both pointing at the same thing, that gets lost. Um, and so it's whatever we can do to get everyone on the same page. Sometimes it's, you know, it's you know taking the time to build up the context, making sure the vocabulary is said, everyone's agreed before we go in. That's where I think productivity drops down a lot uh, when you lose that nuance. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Michael, for this, for this statement. Emmanuel, what, what do you think of Michael's and Cameron's statements? Uh, I I agree completely agree with Cameron. I think like productivity uh, went up, like in my case. Uh, I actually started working and help a company going fully remote before COVID, just like few months before COVID. Like if we see our CEO already knew that COVID happened, uh, and we use a lot of different technology like to make sure that everything that was happening like in the office um, is uh, still working like remotely. And uh, to get the example of Michael, um, that before he said, um, when you are together in the office, I can draw like a diagram in 10 seconds and people understand that. Uh, I completely agree on that. Uh, if you do it online, you use any collaboration board, it will take way more. Uh, but uh, looking at the positive side is that when you're doing it online, it stays there. Your board is unlimited. I know it's going to take more time, but then you can go back there. And maybe when you're doing it online, you put more details on that because you need people to better understand. So you're actually doing two things, like you're drawing on a whiteboard and you're actually already start like your documentation, like... Uh, and it's there. So, well, I always like to look at things on the bright side. So that's a bright side for me. So yes, it, it will take more time. Maybe before going into the meeting, you already have to prepare your whiteboard, but uh, you're doing multiple uh, work on that. And you're doing work that can also be used when uh, you're working with a team that is in a different time zone. And probably like you can't talk with them, like um, a US and their only time was like 7 a.m. to have meetings, but I have to drop the kids to childcare at 7 a.m. 
So we just go completely asynchronous on that and we're using IVs uh, cooperation tool uh, board online. But uh, yes, it takes more time, but um, force people to be more details on uh, what they draw, uh, write on whiteboards. Fantastic, fantastic statements. Already, I hope Cameron, you get the answer you were looking for to your question. Yeah, if they see it's just something I've sketched, they're happy to change it. Um, whereas if it's something I've drawn and it's got nice little symbols, etc., everyone thinks, oh, geez, you put a lot of work into that, I won't question it. Um, so it's giving people the, the permission to actually get in or making sure that this is the way the training and the way we work, giving people the mission to get in and change stuff, you know, to make it easy for them. No, nah, move that over there. No, it's not there. And to move stuff around. Um, I mean, there is a tendency, if, if something looks like it's a, a bit of effort's gone into it, people won't question or change it, whereas you actually want them to get in and change it and move around, which they would do in a live circum in a live situation. So there's some of the practices in that that I, I think if we're working online, um, we need to give people the training, give people the permission to, to get in and, you know, be a bit dirty and move stuff around. And Dusty Cameron, what do you think of, of this statement? So around some of the tooling, I guess. Uh, yeah, look, it, it does require, as Emmanuel said, uh, more effort. Uh, so, but as Emmanuel also suggested, it, it's essentially a self-documenting process. So I noticed when the uh, mm. tech teams uh, meet up, uh, th there's a greater emphasis on having having already thought out or built out a uh, like an ERD or the diagram and done that digitally, of course, but that's something that could be reused down the track. Uh, whiteboards are great for just uh, whipping something up and um, just theorizing something, but um, yeah, that ultimately that work is wasted or it's gone on proving a point, I suppose. So I, I, I guess online meetings really force people to uh, to do the work and so i guess that's going to be done in person or it might have to be done in advance but yeah it can be recycled and uh reused and built upon so i can see the technological advantage around that fantastic fantastic uh, uh any more for any more uh, for me, I think there's that, and I think when we're looking at doing online work and sort of looking at the future, so a lot of it is around just the, it is the training and how to use the tools we've got giving people permission to get in and challenge the draw, giving people to use some of the lo-fi lo-fi things. So taking taking a picture of your whiteboard, you know, rather than having to get there in a whiteboarding tool and sketch it all up and draw little things, just here's the quick sketch I drew, paste it into the chat and have it there and let people talk to it. And that's okay. Letting people know that's okay. And so the way we work when I'm off there working in my little focus zone, I'll sit there on paper and I'll, or on my whiteboard home and I'll, I'll do 25 iterations or something until I get it right. Then I'll go draw it up. And I think a lot of people think, oh, I have to go draw the thing up in the in the drawing tool first. Where now it's okay. You want to get through those cycles and it's okay to sketch and draw and to put that up and give people permission to do that. Um, I think the other um, area to look at I'd like to see is, again, to replicate some of the, um, it's not just the tools, but when you look at a, a workplace environment, um, it's what I'd, it's, it's for projects and initiatives is having that war room environment and how we recreate that sort of war room environment where you come into a room and the diagrams about, you know, the ADs are up on the wall over here, the project plans on the wall over there, and everyone's in the same space. And when, you walk, when you're when you working you know, often for months on something, 
everyone's immediately in the space. You know, they're able to refer to, you know, there's a sense of where everything is. You don't have to spend time re-establishing that. When we go online, it takes a long time to re-establish that and to bring the documents in and to re-establish that sense of space. And that's something which I think um, I don't have a good solution for that. I haven't seen that in, you know, most of the tools like Teams and Zoom, whilst they're wonderful, is still very much sits around a, a fight space and someone looking at us, you know, heads, heads looking at a screen and sharing the occasional document. They don't help us create that sense of space. Um, I look at other fields like, you know, um, gaming, for example, where they're brilliant at dropping people into an immersive environment. I don't mean, therefore, looking at, you know, having avatars and that running around, but what they're really, really good at doing is creating that sense of space. So I'd love to see something like that coming into teams where I can set my war room up and we, we go into a space and it's there the same every time, for example. Fantastic. A really, really good uh, insight. Emmanuel, do you have do you have anything to add? Uh, yeah, uh, to reply on Michael, I think like there are a lot of uh, collaboration tool online that like uh, can help on all this situation. But like the main thing is like people needs to learn how to use it and needs to be uh, to feel safe uh, on how to use it. Uh, so for example, uh, as you said before, like you can spend time like to create all your nice diagram and then you start sharing that and people don't want to ruin it uh, even if it's a collaboration tool and they can actually like drag and drop all your flow and like uh, add things into that um, I have a, a tip uh, uh, on that like a trick that I use uh, when I work with my engineers uh, I start like with an empty flow I have already prepared everything in another file so it's faster for me to copy and paste things, but I try to have them like start the conversation. Then of course, like I try to put them on my idea. Uh, and since I already prepare things, I don't have, they don't have to wait for me like to type. Um, and I can simply like drag and drop things. And that, uh, well, that helps me a lot. And People feel more safe. They're not scared. It's like, ooh, I'm talking with the CTO because I'm actually like a nice person. <laughs> fantastic, yeah. fantastic, fantastic statement. A true mastermind, my friend. Uh, uh, okay, fantastic. I think that's a good point. And I, I, do, I use very similar techniques to what Emmanuel says there. Often I, I know I've got the the beautifully drawn one in the back pocket, but I'll deliberately start with the lo-fi version of it because I want to invite people in to draw and to not feel not feel bad about drawing it. I think there's another point he made there, which is really good too, around the, um, I don't know if it's just online, but you tend to get the, it's, it's a sense of the power and the dynamics and, oh, the CTO's speaking, so everyone shuts up and listens rather than, you know, being able to be a bit more democratic and, you know, it's very easy for someone to sit back and let the senior person in the room talk. So it's it's all these, whatever the tools we've got, there's a, there's a bit about using and knowing how to use them, but there's a cultural piece there as well about how we use them in a way that actually invites people to get in and collaborate and share. And that's where I think there's a, a big opportunity for, for hybrid work to improve there and then to improve the effectiveness of the way we work. Um, Great, great, fantastic statement. Okay, so Cameron, do you feel like you had the answer you were looking for to your question? Well, I certainly think we had a, a good discussion and uh, I really appreciated Michael and Manuel's input. Uh, 
maybe there was to some extent there was uh some overlap uh in terms of how the benefits that we can see that are arising out of uh these hybrid arrangements uh you know i guess it's like most things it just has to be managed and i think uh from my perspective it just means we just need to be a bit more uh flexible as organizations in um uh, factoring in individual requirements i think uh, and i think that's you know COVID was this sort of huge exogenous shock which gave us the opportunity to reflect on what are we doing can we do it differently uh why not i mean you know working in the office when did this come about post-industrial revolution so maybe we've been doing it since the 1950s or something it's not that old so you know uh it's not like we're throwing out 500 years of working in the same way it's maybe 60 70 years and tops so yeah why don't we approach this more dynamically um so yeah i think it was a good conversation and i appreciate uh michael and emmanuel's input fantastic well uh if uh, nobody has anything to add uh on this on this final statement uh i would like to say thank you so much to all of our guests for sharing uh their thoughts in today's conversation once again our guests on today's podcast have been michael scales from isop cameron mcpherson from australian health services alliance and emmanuel bottles from glider to discuss enabling hybrid work if you are hiring for new technical roles or looking for a new role feel free to get in touch with us here at evolution recruitment or if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast you can drop me a message too i'm jason and you can find me on linkedin or email at jason.martinez at evolutionjobs.com.au or you can also visit us at evolutionjobs.com.au thanks again to all our, our guests and thank you for listening we hope you can join us uh, next time thanks guys